For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And this week, we're celebrating all that we have done in 2017 when it comes to missions. And I'm glad to tell you that because of your giving, we were able to give over $700,000 to missions this year. Come on, somebody help me out. Say amen. And we've been able to build churches in Cuba. We have a goal of building 10 churches in Cuba. We're on our third church, and we are on pace to be able to build 10 churches in Cuba. As a result of your giving, we've been able to buy tabernacles in Africa and be able to build churches in Africa. As a result of your giving, we were able to help Teen Challenge in Jamaica and Teen Challenge around the world to build Teen Challenge centers. And, and as, a, as a result of your help, we were able to help all of the, the hurricane victims that we could through Convoy of Hope and through our giving and through our going. And most of all, we've been able to get behind all of our missionaries and we We've been able to say, if you've got a project, we want to fund that project. If you've got a need, we want to be right there to help you out. And thank God today we're seeing young men and women answer the call of God. One of the ministries that we've got in the Assemblies of God is called Live Dead. And these young people are actually, they've decided that they're already dead to the world and they're already dead to themselves. And they're willing to go to the hard places in the world. They're willing to go to the Middle East. They're willing to go to places where they're... They could even be put to death for the gospel. And man, I'm so thankful that God is still raising up a generation of young men and women, a generation of men and women who say, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. And this morning, our theme is that it's so important for us to understand this theme that, that actually rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. And, and the reason why I came up with this theme was because, you know, I, I'm not a really big Star Wars fan. If I was, I'd know all the sequences and I'd know why they started on War 4 and went to 1. And, and you know, so I, I actually went with Pastor Tony because he's really big on Star Wars. And so I'm sitting in the movie theater with Pastor Tony and I'm asking him all these questions. Don't you hate when you're in a movie and you're watching a movie and Somebody right. I bet you after the movie was over with, he waited for me to get in the car, bought another ticket to see the movie all over again. Because I was just trying to figure out how it all came together. But there was a scene in the movie that rocked my world. There's a scene in the movie where this young lady, I don't even know what her name is. That's how much of a fan I'm not. And, uh, but she says something so Im- incredibly powerful. And I thought to myself, that'll preach. You know, Pastor Steve, everywhere I go, whether it's Disney World, where, <laughs> whether it's at a movie, there, wherever it is, I'm going to get a message out of it. Because that's what I live for, is to convey the message of the gospel in a, in a real creative 
aggressive way. And so she said something, you know, there was a forces and, and they're coming against the, you know, forces of good and, 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 the, and the forces of light. And, 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 it, and it felt like they were just going to lose and there was no hope. There was no way. And she stands up and she says, rebellions are, rebellions are built on hope. And I thought to myself, man, I actually wanted to stand up in the movie then and go, amen. But I already thought that I was pretty distracting in, in asking questions for, at, you know, and, and asking questions from Pastor Tony that I, that I kept cool. But after the, sur- after the, ma- the movie was over with, uh, I got in the car and I said to Pastor Tony, boy, I'm going to preach that. That will preach. Rebellions are built on hope. And if you really think about it, that's what we are. We're people that carry hope with us. In fact, I want you to go into the gymnasium after the service and get one of these hats. It says hope, become a hope dealer. So we deal hope everywhere we go. And then the truth is you might say, Pastor Steve, why why did you really pick this theme? Because you see, in the movie Rogue One, there's a group of unlikely heroes that band together on a mission to steal the plans to the Death Star, a huge instrument that is built to destroy planets which is the empire's ultimate weapon of mass destruction. This key event in the Star Wars chronological order of things, or the trilogy, is actually a movie about people who decide, ordinary people, just like you and I, ordinary people decide that they're going to do something extraordinary. Now, I like action films. I like films that end with the good guy winning. How about you? Do you like films that, that end with the good guy winning? Well, I love when the good guy wins, but you know, I'm not talking about about a movie right now. I'm actually talking about reality. I'm talking about the fact that God always uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. In fact, the, the, the time for me that's the most exciting time of all of the week is three to four o'clock on Sunday afternoon because I'm driving home and I'm thinking to myself, God, you used me again one more Sunday, God. That, God, you use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, Lord. That you use a person like me, Lord, to preach the gospel, Lord. You use a person like me to start Hope Day. You use a person like me to pastor a great church. You you use ordinary people. Sometimes I'm so ordinary that I scare myself. Sometimes I've got so many issues in my own head that I scare myself to think, man, God, you want to use me. But God, that's what he does. He takes ordinary people and he begins to do extraordinary things. And you think about Jesus. Who was Jesus? Jesus was a rebel. He was a rebel with a cause. Think about it. Jesus came and he rebelled against the religious system. He rebelled against the status quo. He rebelled against sickness and darkness. He rebelled against the kingdom of darkness. In fact, Jesus said the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And and the Bible tells us that the son of man came to destroy the powers of darkness, to destroy the evil one, to destroy the empire of the evil one. And you know, we know that the Bible tells us that this world and its present world system right now is governed by the enemy. But there's coming a day when King Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, the Bible says he will destroy the enemy even with just the word. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. You're coming again. But as he waits to come, and why is Jesus waiting to come? I want him to come back. 
And why is he waiting? Well, the Bible says that he's patient with all, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said, make no mistake, the reason why God's being patient with this world, the reason why God's being patient with you, maybe you're in this room today, or maybe you're watching via live stream today, and you don't know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. I want you to know, friend, the Bible tells us that there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man goes to the Father but through me. And the Bible tells us that if we don't accept Jesus, we already stand condemned, and we are going to be in a Christless hell for eternity if we don't know Jesus Christ as our Savior. And why is Jesus being patient? Because he loves you. He loves you so much today that he's interrupting this service just to let you know that he's got a plan for your life, and it's a big plan, and he sent his son into the world so he would die on the cross for your sins so that you might have the everlasting life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life but even as we're waiting for Jesus to come back Jesus is calling ordinary people whoever we are and he's saying I want to use you in an extraordinary way think about this rebel who comes a rebel with a cause he pulls together this ragtag army of, of, of people that were just misfits. They were tax collectors. They were hated tax collectors. They were fishermen. They were rebels. They were zealots. And he puts together a group of young men, and he changes the world. And wherever they went, they became dealers of hope. They were rebels with a cause. They were rebels who came so that they can build on. Think about it for a moment. Every rebellion is built on hope. And right there, I thought to myself as I was watching that movie, that's what really makes a rebel. That what, that's what really makes every missionary a rebel. That's what makes every person who really cares about the future, cares about other people, People that fight back for what is right and good. People that love other people. People that are willing to risk everything they love. Everything that they hold on to. Get involved in changing people's lives all around the world. That's a rebel with a cause. It's a rebel with a, a cause of hope deep down in their heart. Think about Jesus. As he came, he rebelled against the religious system. He, he rebelled against the status quo. He rebelled against indifference. He rebelled against injustice. And Jesus said, not only have I come to destroy the evil empire, but I've come to bring hope. The, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for what? To set the captive free, to bring hope to those that are hopeless. And he said, don't stand around and give in to indifference. Wherever you see injustice, be a rebel of hope. Wherever you see poverty, be a rebel of hope. Wherever you see pain and suffering, be a rebel of hope. Wherever you see depression and loneliness and sorrow, wherever you see spiritual darkness, wherever you see biblical ignorance, bring hope. Be a rebel of hope. Rebel. He said rebel against status quo living. And I believe that God wants to change the world. And you might look around and say, man, it just, it just seems so hopeless. But there are Christians all over the world today that are just sitting in their status quo. 
And my prayer for you today is that God would shake you up. My prayer today was, would be that God would shake me up, that God would once again put a, a fire in my soul, a passion in my heart to be one that would not give in to the status quo, that I would rebel against personal indifference in my life, that I would rebel against the darkness that, and bring some light. Make no mistake, we are in a spiritual war, my friend. Paul the Apostle said, we wage war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. We are in a spiritual war. We're in a war for the souls of mankind. We're in the war for morality. We're in the war for, for us to understand that we've got light and we've got to shine that light. And the enemy's trying to hold back people from understanding that God has a plan for their life and it's really big and it includes eternal life. Somebody help me out and say amen. It's a war for the souls of men. It's not a movie. It's reality. And that's what missionaries are. They're rebels of hope. Our missionaries go into dark places. They go into difficult places. They go where there is no light. They stare injustice and inactivity in the face and challenge them with love and compassion and with the power of the gospel. They do warfare with demonic forces of darkness who hold people captive to the lies of false religions and, and ignorance uh, to the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which don't believe lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine onto them. Make no mistake, when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school tomorrow, when you go to university tomorrow, there are people all around who are blinded from the truth because the Bible says the God of this age has blinded them. The philosophies of this age, the God of this age, has blinded and hardened their hearts so they cannot see what is so obvious to them. Have you ever wondered why? How is it that people reject the gospel? How is it that somebody would reject the love of God? I mean, think about the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world, he loved people, that he came and he died on the cross. Who in the world would want to reject such a message? Who in the world would want to, want to reject such a glorious message that God has a plan for our life and he loves us and he took upon himself our sins so that we might have eternal life? You've got to be an absolutely crazy fool to reject such a message and yet people reject it all the time. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded their eyes and the Bible Bible says in Romans chapter 1, everything that's been created all around them shouts out that there is a God, that God loves them, that God has a plan for their life, and that God made all things good, but they reject it. But we're here as hope dealers. We're here of rebels of hope to say, yes, but I'll go, God. I'll give, God. I'll do whatever you call me to give and do. Why? Because there's somebody out there that still needs to hear about Jesus Christ and the love of God in their life. Come on, somebody say, Help me, Lord, to be a rebel of hope. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 26 tells us those who don't know Jesus are held captive by the enemy. And the truth is, sometimes the, the odds seem so stacked against us. So much darkness, so much evil, so much wrong in this world. But Jesus promises us that he will build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The problem is not the message. The problem is not 
our Savior, the Messiah. The problem is the church, that we've just given up on the world. But friend, I will, I will not give up on the world. I cannot give up on the world. You know, this week I was just shaken to the core. I was actually, Thursday evening, I was still not feeling well, but I was doing some work from home, and, and uh, I was studying, studying the, for this message, and I heard that Billy Graham had passed away. I don't know about you, but it was actually Wednesday evening. I, I, stood, I, I sat at my kitchen table, and I, I just want to be transparent with you. I wept. I wept. And I thought to myself, a soldier of the cross, a great man of God, is taken out of this world. And then I felt the Holy Spirit come over me. I'm telling you, I felt the presence of Almighty God. And Almighty God said, but Steve, you're still here. But Steve, I put that same spirit inside of you. I put that same Holy Spirit inside of you. And God just infused me with a passion to preach to the lost to preach to those that don't know about Jesus, to go into places that no one's ever gone before, to send missionaries to places that no one's gone before. And I'm, I'm so excited to tell you that we're partnering together with Wycliffe and American Bible Society and Movement Day and, and the Assemblies of God to be able to translate scripture in unknown languages. There are 7,000 languages and people groups in this world, and there's only 2,000 that have a Bible. So we've got a lot of work to do, but together, I'm so excited to tell you that as a church, we're joining together with Wycliffe and American Bible Society and many other translating uh, organizations so that we can adopt, we're gonna, as a church, adopt a whole language, and we're going to translate the Bible in their language so that they can hear that Jesus Christ loves them. Just think for a moment where you would be if you didn't have Jesus in your life. Think for a moment where you'd be if you didn't have scripture. We're going to be going on March the 17th to the Bible Museum, 150 of us are going, and I'm excited because on one floor there's the illuminations room, and it'll help you to understand why it's so important for every one of us to get involved in translating the scripture into another language group. This morning, God is saying to you, will you join the rebellion of hope? Will you make a difference? Where there is darkness, you can bring light. Where there is hopelessness, you can bring hope. You see, hope is the foundation of every great revolution. I thought of Jesus. Jesus, he was a revolutionary. Think about this man who was a carpenter. Think about this man who was born in, in poverty. Think about this man that the, the newspapers didn't even, they didn't even speak of his death when he died on the cross. And yet through love, through hope, what did Jesus offer the world? He offered the world hope. He offered the world hope. He offered the world love. He offered the world something different. And the Bible tells us that, that as Jesus preached the message of compassion, many came, many heard, 
The Bible tells us that there were, there were many that came on the day of Pentecost. And, and the Bible tells us that, that the, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we'll receive power and we'll be God's witness. We'll be God's rebels of hope in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You don't have to go around the world, though. You can go tomorrow and bring hope to somebody that you work with, somebody at school, wherever you are, because hope is the foundation. When you have no more hope, you start, you stop living. But even when you have nothing but you have hope, you have everything. Come on, somebody say amen. Glory to God. And where there is spiritual ignorance, you can bring the good news. Where there's hunger, you can bring life. See, every year we gather together as a church and, and we all make a pledge. I've been making this pledge for many, many years. My wife and I, every year, we decide, you know what? Missions is a priority. No matter what, missions comes first. Missions comes before building buildings. Missions comes before doing anything else, before any other programs in the church. Missions is the heartbeat of God. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the mission. And so how do we do it together? Because we can't do it apart. We've got to do it together. Well, we support our missionaries. We find people that are doing it. And then we say, listen, we're going to fund you. We're going to support you. We're going to pray for you. And so I'm going to ask you, as you have received one of these cards, if you would just take out this card right now as the worship team comes. And this card says, as God enables me, we call it a faith pledge. And the reason why we call it a faith pledge is because God's calling you to extend yourself and stretch yourself and to believe. You might say, but man, I'm just living, I'm just living paycheck to paycheck. I'm just making ends meet. I want to tell you something, that when you make up your mind, and man, my family is an example. My family is a testimony of us making up our mind that we're going to give to missions first. We're going to make missions a priority first in our family. We've never missed one year of making a faith pledge, and we're always stretching a little bit further when we had kids that were in college, and now I have a daughter that's getting married, and you know, daughters that get married on Long Island, you, you got to have a second job, you know what I'm talking about? You really need to pray. Uh, but nothing will stop us from making our faith pledge because we believe it's the priority of the church. Jesus said that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And if you love your neighbor, then you're going to want your neighbor to hear about the love of Jesus, the gospel. And so I'm going to ask you to take this card out. And, and I'm not just talking to the dad in the family. I'm not just talking about just one person making a pledge, but I'm talking about all of us in this room, no matter who we are. We need to make our separate pledge unto the Lord. You might be a young person that's here today. And you might say, well, you know what? I don't have a lot of money. Listen to me. You spend more money on Starbucks than you do giving to missions each year. And I want to encourage you to say, you know what? I'm going to cut out a a cup of coffee a week to give to missions. Listen, if you cut out one cup of coffee from Starbucks a week, you got another 15 bucks. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but every one of us, I'm challenging young people, I'm challenging college students to join the rebellion and be a rebel of hope. I'm challenging those that gave last year to stretch a little bit further, give your missions budget a raise, even if you give it a 10% raise, give it a raise and say, yes, I'm going to believe God 
that God's going to use me. But I'm not just talking about filling out this card. I'm also talking about every one of us in this room recognizing that God has put something deep down in our hearts. He's given us the gospel, the greatest message of hope that the world could ever hear. And all of us in this room, God is calling us to live on mission, to be a part of what God has called us to do. So I'm going to pray with you right now. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor Steve, I I came to the service today. This is my first time that I've ever been to Bethlehem Assembly of God, and it's quite different. But as you were speaking, I couldn't help but to think I need hope in my life. I don't have a whole lot of hope in my life. I was thinking, do I really know that if I died today, I would go to heaven? And maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven, and I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. Right now, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to bring hope into your life. The Bible says, to as many as received him, God gave us the power to become the children of God. How many of you want to be a child of God? There's only one way you can be a child of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way to the Father. I am the truth, and I am the life. And so today, maybe you're here, you say, Pastor, just pray for me. I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you right now. God bless you. In the balcony, you say, Pastor, pray for me right now. I need Jesus to be the Savior of my life. God bless you. God bless you. Right after the service today, there's going to be some counselors standing at the altar here. And when we dismiss, I'm going to encourage you just to come and see one of those counselors and speak with them. And they're going to give you some information about how you can start your journey of faith. I'd like everyone else right now with your card in your hand, I want you to just lift up this card right now in your hand. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross. And Lord, the message is still the same. And the message needs to be brought to the whole world through the method of missionary work, evangelism, And Lord, the only way that that can happen is through our giving. And so, Lord, I pray that we would stretch this year, God. I pray, oh God, that that we would believe that we can give more to missions this year than ever before. That missions comes before anything else in our life and in this church. And so bless, Lord, those that begin to fill out these forms, Lord. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, if you raised your hand for the first time, there's some altar workers that are here, and they're going to pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I'm I'm a Christian, and I'm really feeling like there's a mission, and I know that God wants to use me on this mission. Whatever it is, I want to be open to God. I'm opening my heart up to God today. Say, yes, use me, God. These altar workers are here. And they want to pray for you. The missionaries will be in the gymnasium. Don't leave until you go into the gymnasium. And you let the missionaries know how much you care about them and love them and that you're praying for them. But they're also going to be in the gymnasium. And if you want prayer, they could pray for you as well. But I want you all right now 
to begin to fill out this form. And, and I'm going to be standing right here. You can make your checks out to Bethlehem Assembly of God. And here's the way you do this. You can make a monthly pledge. You could say each month I'm going to bring my missions offering into the church to give the farm missions. A hundred pledge goes all. One penny stays church. It's all. Do it on a monthly basis. You could do it one time. Make your checks payable to Bethlehem Assembly of God. Maybe right now you can, you can write out a check or you bring some, some so that God, there's some container that as well. Fill out this card. I'm going to ask you to bless you as you come. Hey, for your life, God bless you. Have a great day.